your purpose may not be defined by the thing you are doing well right now in your life. It may be defined by something else, but you still need to figure out what it is that you're good at and what you love to do. You get to determine how much self-esteem you have. And if you're not feeling like, oh, I, I don't believe in myself to go off and do X, Y, and Z, well then what kind of accountability are you having to yourself? You have wonder what you would be able to do if you were the ultimate version of you, right? You would then have an easy time creating what you want, and yes, effortlessly enjoying life too. Now, you may know this already, the influence you have over your reality is far beyond what you've been told. Soon, you realize that your outer world is merely a mirror of your inner world, and we're here to connect the dots for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to God. What's up, Michael? We rolling? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Welcome back to God Mode, episode 101. Man, we did it. Here's to the next 100. Yes, we broke on through. We're on the other side now. It feels good. Kind of wild. Yeah, we've been talking about this one for a while because yeah. we've been, uh, you know, developing our audience, developing kind of the reputation, the standard of the episodes that we want to have on God Mode. Um, but now we want to start opening up with an idea that we brought out, I think, on one of our earlier episodes about having people ask some questions into the audience, right, from mm -hmm. our audience, feel those questions. Um, so today, we're going to do that. We're going to open it up. It's an AMA, God Mode style. Yeah. Yeah, and the range is pretty interesting, too. There's going to be a few questions from people that are, like, in their 20s and then people that own businesses and are established. And so the, I'm just interested to see, A, our responses. Like, we're just two dudes, and uh, we know a lot, but don't. This is just our opinion, so nobody get excited over anything. <laughs> but also, I mean, we're pretty opinionated people. We spend a lot of time studying and learning, so I am curious to, you know, see what comes up. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, I'm happy to feel those questions. I think setting a little framework is uh, important. Rather rather than um, say that we're, because you and I are, I would say, experienced and very talented at what we do, right? So we're going to come with answers from our perspective. And every one of our listeners and the audience and viewers know that as well. Like, hey, this is obviously our perspective. Um, I'll say this very carefully, right? If you're in the younger age, even if you're like, let's say you're in the 30s, 40s, 50s, right? Some of the smartest people I know still act so dumb sometimes, right? <laughs> and I want to say that very specifically because this is where upgrade and this podcast god mode we really encourage having self-acceptance and self-love for wherever you're at in your life right no matter what you're going through because the reason that sometimes we'll do things and we're like why the heck did i just do that is because we have a still animalistic ego emotional mind that runs about 90 to 95 percent of all of our decisions and values and behaviors just happens it's automatic and it's older than our logical mind. So our logical mind in human evolution really didn't develop to a couple thousand years ago where the primitive mind's been around for millions of years. Mm. So when we feel overwhelmed at times, emotions are getting the best of us, well, the emotional driver, that animalistic mind, is still about 90% of what you do. So when they say that you only tap into 5 to 10% of your mind, that's because you're tapping into your conscious mind. The unconscious mind... There's never been an operating system. There's never been a step-by-step, -step, let's check into it. Mm. Obviously, that would, uh, that's what Upgrade is. If you've been listening to our episodes for a while. Um, please like, subscribe, share. Do it. Please. All the good things it's on great. YouTube. Yeah. If you're new to this one, 
first episode, welcome. Check yeah. out the previous ones as well. Apparently, Lions Not Sheep, they had to get together, and everyone's listening to God Mode now. We're getting good feedback. That's from, cool. What's up, Lions Not Sheep people in Utah? Shout out Sean Whalen. The reason I'm bringing that up, because we work with some guys who are in the younger ages. I know some people who listen to us who are in the younger ages, and they're asking these certain questions because they want to get ahead in life. They see us having success. They understand we know something about the mind. You know, you're an expert in the media world, so you know a lot of stuff about that. Um, I want to start by saying that your purpose may not be defined by the thing you are doing well right now in your life. It may be defined by something else, but you still need to figure out what it is that you're good at and what you love to do. So even if you're late in 40s, 50s, and you have your career, your purpose could still be something else. That's one of the biggest learnings that I have figured out on my path where I'm at right now and with Upgrade is that I was really good at real estate. I was really good at sales communication, but it wasn't what I felt was my purpose. And later on, Upgrade kind of came into my life. So that would be my thing. It's like your purpose is not necessarily defined by what you're doing well right now in life. You took the action to at least get into real estate, though. So so many people sit on the sidelines paralyzed by not knowing what it is that is their calling. So therefore, they're just going to do something else or they're going to do that extra two years in college or they're going to go for this or they just like kick the can instead of diving in and figuring it out. So, I mean, to add on to that point, one does need to get in there and do it. And then you can do that job for a while, that position for a while, that direction, whatever it is, you should do it for a while because then it becomes obvious that I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's exposure therapy, right? Yeah. Test, operate feedback. Exposure therapy is one of the biggest things that I encourage many of our clients to do. We teach how to simulate in the mind, which is very, very crucial because it's a misstep in our learning process that we don't teach in the younger ages. We're just all about the physical world. The physical world is much needed, though. You need to test operate in the physical plane to get that feedback. What we do with the combination is, can you design? Can you simulate in the mind? Can you get exposure in the mind? And then test it in the physical plane and combine them together. And if you're just test excuse me, testing in the physical plane, that's where you get the, oh, it's hard. This is, this is working against me. Things are happening to me. They're not happening for me. Mm. Any of those things that we say that when we're in the victim mentality. Life is a hurricane, and I'm just a little leaf. Little leaf. What is what is that song actually? The life is a highway. No, not the hurricane. What it's like? With the, Here I am. Rock me like a hurricane. I'm gonna think about it later. It's gonna I'm a me. jukebox baby. I can go all day. You made me think about the leaf blowing in the movie The Interview. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, that movie almost started a war. That was such a good movie. Well, let's, should we get to the questions? I would love to. Let's uh, let's take some questions. Wow. Ever since COVID started, I have had a harder time socializing, finding my tribe, getting along with people, right? That's kind of the gist of it. If you zoom out, let's start with just like the first generation coming into the world and they had to wear cloth masks on their face and they couldn't get the response of like seeing facial expressions. I mean, that was a, a weird reset on people, on socializing. You talk about our animal behavior and the way that we've compounded these traits. That was a weird hammer on the reset button for a lot of people's ability to socialize yeah. you know that we were told we were going to shelter in place for two weeks kill the curve you know <laughs> <laughs> then everybody's like well toilet paper's gone were you in utah at that time no i was at mr beast i was out in north carolina okay i was no. in vegas at that time when they shut down vegas and i was like i just live in the desert now <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's true huh yeah it's like you can't go out and do anything in vegas no that'd be a trip 
it was weird though because it was a lot more insulated like where we were at in north carolina like it was pretty far away from anything but it was just it was just a ghost town and what to address the question why did people become less familiar with socializing i think it was i think it was exponentially compounded by the fact that they had nothing else to do every day but kind of like watch tiktok Mm. you know and so you get so used to having somebody feed you something and so whatever part of the brain that is that creates something i'm creating something by speaking to you there's a part of my brain that's actively in creation mode versus consumption mode and so when if i had to guess a lot of it has to do with people have spent so much time in consumption mode that the aspect of their brain that creates maybe it's like a muscle that may have atrophied a bit so i have told a lot of people personally i was like you know a lot of people did get weirdly siloed um they didn't connect with friends as much so it's a combination of the advent of technology of social media and then also sheltering in place for a couple of years basically but i think it's a muscle and i think that people can develop it back with time i was homeschooled i was a very objectively awkward person probably still am but over time if you spend enough uh focus and interacting with interesting people like you've traveled the world you've had this like super cool life and so you're fun to talk to and so you can talk with people that's literally part of your job now right but um i can learn from you in that way and i can study you and see how it is that you do that and then our interactions allow me to work that muscle and develop it more and so i would say that that happened because everybody had the shelter in place and then it was like this is actually kind of comfy you know i don't have to go out and then of course over time the the downstream effects of that which I don't think people anticipated was um, people being isolated, feeling depressed, um, substance abuse issues skyrocketed. Um, and so there does, I think, need to be a correcting for a lot of people. You, people need to focus and prioritize making friends again. Mm. And, and there is, I saw a study where it was like, f there was an epidemic of friendlessness. And it was something like they pulled, they surveyed thousands of people and it was like one in four men, it was either one in four men or one in 20 men say that they don't have a single best friend or a single person that they could call up and just talk to. And that could be a combination of these things that we've discussed, but the way to mitigate that or the way to, to kind of course correct is, is, is practice. That seems like a trite thing to say, but you need friends to, to pour into. You have to be able to pour into them as much as they do the same thing for you. Otherwise you're like kind of not a great friend. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is have a standard for what kind of friends you have, because there are also crappy friends to have. There are friends that are going to entice you to do stupid things. Like we have a, you know, a family friend and like they loan their car out to a whole bunch of people that were over at their apartment because they would rather have the company of having people in their apartment, but then they then be alone and then they loan their car out and then it came back with a bunch of cinder blocks in the trunk. The thing was trashed, so they were out there drag racing it and it's like the the quality of people that you allow into your life is going to really determine how you feel writ large about yourself. So as you're focusing on bringing more friends in, don't just settle for anybody, mm. you know, have a high standard for who that is. And then also recognize that if it feels like you don't have many friends or it's a hard thing to develop, it is because you're probably not prioritizing it in a significant way. So prioritize it. Probably don't go out to a bar or anything. You could. That could yeah. be a good place to meet people, but also good people will still exist at the bars. That's true. I it's just about it. the environment that you want to hang out in. Mm. True. Well, it aligns with your values and goals. I would say I'll use myself as an example, right? You and I both 
we were doing some pretty big things within our business and our, our careers at the time. And COVID still shook it because it was a new thing. We were unfamiliar to it, right? I still look at that now in the review mirror. I don't know the age of the person who asked this question, but it was this was an opportunity for you to begin to, as you said, evaluate what are the standards that I have in my life? Who are the people I'm hanging out with? Am I consuming data and maybe they're consuming different data and now I have different opinions about they, what they do and hey, we differ and that's all good. This is America, right? It's democracy. We should be able to have those discussions. It's not to say you have to shun those people away. So I would encourage someone if you're not having, if you're having trouble finding those friend groups, still have grace for the people that you were friends groups with because if you have different opinions, we still need to have those conversations and discussions. That's a good insight. Because that's, again, we're seeing the division in our country right now in America. So I'm chunking up to a bigger picture. I would say that, hey, if you are not finding your friend group or you feel like you've lost your old friend group, I would encourage you to see how resourceful you can become and still go back to those people that you once had a relationship with and see, hey, can I see it from their perspective? Can I be more flexible? Can I be more resourceful? Because mm. those more dialogues that we have, the more openness we're about it, we just have open debates, right? Not like, I hate you, this is black versus white, this is any kind of, like, what side is winning. Just about unifying, right, and having those conversations. Um, another thing that I would highly encourage, again, I don't know the age of this person, is, as you said, to get out there and begin to meet new people and explore. Um, everyone is safe and well. One of the things that troubled me about a week ago that I heard Carl, uh, Tucker Carlson say at a speech in Canada was that um, the number two killer of people under the age of 40 in our country is suicide. It's behind Damn. only fentanyl, which is number one. But that's, oh my a, gosh. that's a whole different discussion, right? But suicide. So what does that mean? That means, as you said, with the pandemic, people are not getting relationship, social interaction, and there's probably other factors in there, right? It's not one thing. Sure. But that's probably but that a big is one factor. of them. It's definitely a big factor. How much social interactions you're getting with people? How are you feeling? How what kind of emotional state are you in? What kind of people are you hanging out with? That's not leading to the number excuse me, the number two killer in our country now under the age of forty, right? So to this listener, viewer, we appreciate your question. And I would say I would encourage you to, first of all, challenge you a little bit, right? See if you can go back to that friend group. Talk to them a little bit. Do us the things you said. You know, find different now um, ways to consume different information out there too, right? The pandemic, um, while it, you know, I don't agree with the way our government did some things with the pandemic. What? It was still an opportunity for us as a human being, race, individually and collectively, to take that time to look at ourselves in the mirror and be like, okay, I was probably slipping in this area of my life. I probably wasn't holding myself to a higher standard in this area of my life, and my, in my opinion, guys, um, you know, self-esteem is your reputation with yourself. I love that. So you get to determine how much self-esteem you have. And if you're not feeling like, oh, I, I don't believe in myself to go off and do X, Y, and Z, well, then what kind of accountability are you having to yourself? Like, it's kind of cliche to be like, oh, we'll go to the gym, and then you'll start feeling it. But so yes, 100%. Also, you could go to a rock climbing gym. Yeah. You could also go uh, bowling. You could just do something, physically put yourself, and it's like, oh, that's that's kind of a played out suggestion. But it's like, no, really, like the the very act of going out and putting yourself somewhere else increases the probability of you like meeting somebody. Now, to be fair, everybody does typically keep to themselves, you know, out of politeness or just 
fear of another human being. I don't know why. <laughs> but you have a higher chance, especially in a setting like that, where everybody has kind of had an agreed upon thing. That's why, uh, you know, like a bar or something has a higher chance of being able to meet with somebody, interact with somebody. It's like, hey, we're here probably for the same reasons because we either want to meet somebody or go out or whatever it is. Yeah. So, I mean, physically We, we just choosing... need to get rid of the substance that's, you know, an inhibition right. to actually get you to that state that you want to meet someone else. Yeah, 100%. So let the substance be like, like you said, go into the gym, maybe go doing jujitsu, rock climbing. I, I don't care what the activity is, right? So many different activities you can do. But Picking as long as painting you, class, guitar. Yeah, get yourself to that emotional state that you want to go meet new people. Yeah, people are like frustrated and they're like, oh, like I have no friends, which I can totally see a lot of people feeling now. Yeah. The key is accept that your standards may have changed and then go out and put yourself in places where you could potentially go meet those people and then realize that if it feels hard, it's probably because that muscle hasn't been worked out in a while. Definitely. You know? yeah, good so, question. Great question. I would love to end again, though, with that. Just please, if you are saying like, oh, my old friend groups, they don't think like me, all good, man. Hey, we're human beings. We're going to differ on things. Please be flexible. Please still talk to each other. Please continue to have debates. I got friends who are completely different on the political side and the COVID side, vaccine side than me, and I got love for them, right? Mm. And that's what I believe is going to continue to help me evolve and help our uh, our race evolve. So Good for you, man. Yeah. I respect that. What's next? next? So I'm having trouble gaining traction in my business and in my personal life how do i know when to double down on exactly what i'm doing or pivot change direction if something isn't working i love this question yeah so i like to put a visual in my mind a lot of the skill sets that we teach at upgrade is about simulation first in the mind so if it's something like this i would consider bringing up a seesaw in your mind and if one side is personal life and then the other side is your business begin to push to see which one you need to figure out which where my energy is going to be directed. Um, because while some people differ on this and say, you know, balance is BS, um, or some people say, hey, try climbing if you don't have balance in the ground first. So there's different perspectives to that. I say if you can look at it from my the way that I've done it as a seesaw, I'm like, I'm going to push a little bit more over here on my business side and see and feel and experience how my uh, my personal relationships are reacting. If I need to put more time and energy over in there, uh, I would say it has to come down to a lot with um, also your needs and where you're at to in your life. If you are in a fight or flight survival, like, hey, I got to make money survive, then maybe you should double down in your business at that time. Maybe mm. you should figure out some new skill sets to collect money or faster, right? Uh, so it's going to be dependent on where someone's at in their life as well. I love that. My, my bit on this, and this is, it's such a good question. I'm so glad they asked this is what I've said for like 12 years, which is take an inventory of all the cards you have in your hand right now. Play your smartest card. And that doesn't always seem obvious at the time, but what is that? When I got home from my LDS mission at 21, I had the opportunity to kind of take a sabbatical and hang out and play for the summer because I had just been knocking doors and teaching and, and preaching for two years. I was like, I kind of would like to have a, a summer to myself to hang out. I mean, now I'm in college and um, I would like to, to just relax for a bit. I had that on the table between semesters. The other option I had was to go door to door and do sales in the summer and sell pest control contracts and potentially crash and burn and suck at the solicitor thing or 
make north of thirty to fifty to seventy thousand dollars in four months at twenty one years old. One of those was really fun. One of those, but one of those was making seven twenty five an hour at Jamba Juice, mm. and one of those had this high risk, high reward, high probability of failure. Also, kind of a miserable job, mm. but it was by far the smartest card I had in my hand, and it was not fun. But I chose to play the smartest card that I had. And whatever work I had to do, I'd get up at 7 in the morning. We were doing sales trainings from 8 to 10. We hit the doors at 10.30. And I was knocking doors, trying to sell people pest control until 10 at night, 9 to 10 at night, which past 9 p.m., no one wants to talk to you. I mean, in general, no one wants to talk Real to quick, you. Real quick, let me ask you a question because I think it relates to this. How did you know that that route for you was the smartest card in your hand at that time like what was the mm. decisions that or what was your evaluation process because similar to that this person is asking how do i know when to double down in my business for you what was your like the process to figure out this is the smartest card for me right now it was the one that would obviously challenge me more it was harder and nice. in upgrade you know we talk extensively about how there is this dichotomy in business where it's like everything has to be a challenge it's got to be an uphill battle it has to be a grind and i've sensed let go of that because mm -hmm. I do believe, even though, of course, like I own a business, we have the studio, we we do work every day. And sometimes I'll be editing and working until midnight. But that doesn't mean that I'm in this mindset where like I have to be this way always for the rest of my life. I So going back to working and making that decision, I could tell that I wanted to go and have the fun and play. That was something that I was like, oh, that would be so nice, right? But then I was like, where are my duties and where are my responsibilities? to myself, which one takes more effort? Which one am I, what do I not wanna do as one means of measuring it? And then which one would probably have a higher return? Which one would I learn the most from? Out of these two paths, which one would I get the most growth out of, even if it sucked? And I looked at it, I was like, I will probably grow the most if I go and do that. And then I was like, my current skill set is very minimal. You know, I, I know American Sign Language, I could interpret, but there's a ceiling there. Um, and I am in school, so I, I don't have a ton of marketable skill sets. If I can go and do something tough and add to that skill set, I'm adding arrow after arrow into my quiver. Mm. And whether it's the very mindset of being able to knock doors all day, or it's the ability to disarm somebody that wants nothing to do with you. You know, if you see that there are a series of outcomes in front of you, and let's say you're working a job that you don't like. You know, but it's like I'm in this tough position, like you said. I I'm in fight or flight. I have bills to pay. Um, that job, if you're there and it's conclusive that you're going to be there for a bit, how well can you play the game? Because if you're going to have to be there anyways, you might as well make the most out of it. Like if that's a baseline reality, how awesome could you be at it? Because if you start doing that, if you become the best toilet scrubber in the world, that very mindset will follow you in everything you do after that. And the second you start doing that, you're that much faster out of the toilet scrubbing job. You're, if you're doing it fast and effective, you're going to, as a natural result, become a fast and effective person. Because that part of your pattern, your mannerisms, your behaviors, you've accepted a standard of, I'm amazing at scrubbing toilets. Yeah, And you, you now accept the label of, amazing toilet scrubber <laughs> and you let yourself accept that for the first time which means you will later on be an amazing car salesman or an amazing uh, installer and then an amazing salesperson and an amazing uh executive like you have to at some point accept a standard of quality and excellence for yourself even if it's the job you don't like 
I love that. And I think the nugget that you can take away from Brady's answer is that he chose the path of growth so he could develop that skill set of in that program, right? Because as you said, someone can have a label of they're the best toilet scrubber or whatever the label is, but you chose the path of growth because you knew that would bring you a skill set that you didn't have at that time. So if someone's trying to figure out, hey, you know, when do I double down? Well, what skill set do you need right now? Take an inventory, like mm. you said, of what elements do you need to master in yourself? And is this path that you're going to choose, is that going to challenge you the most to growth? Yes, an upgrade, we try to separate that dichotomy of the grind, the hustle, excuse me, the hustle and the sacrifice, because unconsciously, most people have a presupposition attached to those grind, hustle, sacrifice that I must suffer X amount of time I gotta. to get those things. And unconsciously, that runs out in their environment. They have a confirmation bias that plays out. Mm. So it's not that we here at Upgrade don't believe in hard work. It's not that here that we don't believe in the hustle because we're working a lot. I think our clients know that. It's just that we don't have a grind sacrifice mentality that's attached to I have to suffer to get it. Very important distinction to make. It's extremely important because if I play that out unconsciously, then my personal life may suffer. My relationships in other areas of my life might suffer because I'm always looking for X suffering to get XYZ goal. So that's where the the difference is here. And that's usually unconscious. That's not a conscious choice. Because if I said to you logically, hey, do you want to suffer? You'd be like, no. You'd be like, all right, well, then why are you doing this? <laughs> and yet you suffer. <laughs> you keep looking for it. And that goes back to the emotional ego mind where it is in that fight or flight survival. It's been made out of that way. So it looks for okay, I'm just going to do whatever I've known to do for millions of years. Mm. And it's wild, too, because that, that I think, is evolution. Like, that is a principle of evolution. It isn't just like, oh, now I don't have a tailbone. It's like, no, you're physically changing and carving in new neural pathways. Your brain is considering that. I have a friend, love him so much. I remember years ago he would tell me that his goal was to go to the bathroom at work as many times as he could throughout the day, and he could net something like two to two and a half hours in the bathroom. Because then it was two and a half hours he could take off of how much he had to work that day. And it boggled my mind. And he did a lot of, <laughs> certainly some weird stuff in the bathroom. And I, it just, the principle was, I don't want to be here. And so I'm just going to run up the clock. Yeah. And I think if anybody's in a position where they're just trying to run up the clock, A, that, that probably is not a great place to be. You should consider pivoting. Mm. Um, but B, if that is the way that you approach your day, you're going to approach the rest of your day in, in basically that same way. So I look at my team and they are friggin' amazing. And there was a noticeable shift a while ago where their standard of excellence wasn't just like, I got to get to the end of the project so it can be done and then it can be done. It was like, I'm going to do this so well because I care about it. And that has led them to care about other parts of their life yeah. and everything in their life has just as a byproduct leveled up. And it's like, before you do that, it's like, oh my God, I don't, that's going to take so much work. It's going to be not fun. Or like, I'm going to have to pour more in and I'm already giving a lot or whatever the, the rationale may be. But literally the second you step into that discomfort, A, you find out it wasn't just uncomfortable. It was just a little bit more of you. Mm. And then B, you physically and mentally grow into that person, that feels amazing. Yeah. That feels amazing. Like the person I was when I was making smoothies at Jamba Juice couldn't comprehend setting up cameras 
um, for 14 hours or burying somebody alive in the ground and, and helping create you know, tens of billions of views, I would have been like, that's too much work. But it's like, well, you don't understand what that was like. Like, it was worth every second, Yeah, you know? And I loved it. And the person that I was as a result of that has set the tone for me. Every hard decision I made where it was, I was confronted with a fork in the road and it was like, this looks like it would suck, but I get a lot more out of it. And this looks easy and fun. Every single time I chose the, the, the suck, as I used to frame it, because I knew that there was something to gain. And the person that I became as a result of choosing that, I like so much better. Yeah. So. And that skill set that you talked about with your team having in terms of like, I'm just going to dedicate myself to the process of doing this so well. That's why we do encourage it um, when we're starting with people to focus at skill set in the area of health. Because if you can really master health, mind, and body together, then that's a skill set that, hey, you're going to take care of yourself the best you can. Mm. You're going to love yourself the best you can, and that will naturally translate into other areas of your life. As a reminder, we've I got to go to the gym tonight. <laughs> it's been <laughs> weeks. Okay, next question. Yep. What is a cheap or preferably free investment that you've made in yourself that has exponentially increased your quality of life? No sh nasal strips. Okay, Alex Hormozzi. I swear, they are, first of all, they're cheap. That answers the question. <laughs> and my sleep has improved so much from my nasal... From are you for real? I swear, dude. I started doing about six months ago. Um, my nose would be clogged up. So I was like, all right, I saw that. I did see Alex Hormozzi doing the nasal strips. So I was like, I'm going to test it out. Started sleeping. My sleep has improved so much, dude. And sleep is so important, as we know, to your cognitive and your neural pathways and just repairing the body and mind. My sleep has increased so much just by getting nasal strips. So yeah, there you go. Have you tried mouth tape? I, mean, I have. You, got, you, you mouth tape it and then the nasal strips. I, you just look like you're being tortured. And then I had the sleep mask on top of it too. You have the mask, <laughs> like earplugs. It's Dude, like every orifice. I don't like the earplugs because I want to, it's one of those like self-defense, like I need to hear if someone's going to come in the house type thing, be aware. Yeah, and you're going to break their arm. Michael's a ninja. People don't know this. You were a, a golden gloves, amateur boxing champion year after year or something. Two years. Total departure from, but, but yeah. Yeah. People don't know it. My father taught martial arts, still teaches martial arts, self-defense. I really consider more self-defense than anything because that's, the, um, I would say, the practice that we were brought up in. Hey, we defend ourselves, we attack, and mm. then we get out of the way. I, what would, I'll say firsthand, hands up, I didn't always do that. <laughs> so Should have had the nasal strips sooner. Yeah. But yeah, nasal strips, cheap, something I've invested in. This definitely changed my life. I would say YouTube. You can, there is so much. I taught myself how to edit and I taught most of my filmmaking skills off of uh, YouTube University. And it's crazy the things that, here's why, because people are in a content creator's world and they are trying to amass an audience to leverage influence, to build their business, to get out of a nine to five. And that's objectively a, probably a more fun thing to do than like bookkeeping or something. Mm. And so people will give away information for free. And the trade-off is they want your time. And so people are giving away everything now. <laughs> like yeah. you can find experts that will teach you anything uh, on YouTube. And then beyond that, Harvard has an entire section of their, um, their classes and their courses. They've published a ton of them online for free. There are a whole bunch of Ivy League schools and high quality universities that have courses and curriculum and they put them all online for free. So 
I guess to zoom out on that, the internet. I mean, there is yeah. so much. Like, if you're using the internet to learn, your answer is so much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> you're like nasal strips, and I'm like Harvard. <laughs> YouTube University nasal strips. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. So I mean, the in podcasts. I mean, dude, like I don't listen to music anymore, and I know I love making music. I've made music my whole life, but I'm like, I've got 24 hours. I sleep for 10 of them. Yeah, yeah it's about 10 hours. Eight to 10. <laughs> And, uh, and then the rest of the time, I'm I'm able to work with an amazing team. You know, I'm a beautiful girlfriend working with me. I work with you guys. So I have a lot of time where I couldn't pop on um, a podcast. But if I'm doing something like the dishes at the end of the night or anytime I'm driving or anytime, I go, this is a chance to learn something. And yeah. so I have my very specific picks like the audience does now. They're listening to God mode. They're trying to self-improve. And they like listening to us because we're rad. So I would definitely piggyback off that then. Podcast and Audible books. I know you got to pay for Audible books, but like, come oh, on. Oh, yeah, I got to do that too. They're just like. That's good. The amount of return on investment that you can get from listening to podcasts and Audible, it's just, it's way better than a college education. Ew, <laughs> shots fired. Also, don't listen to true crime podcasts. That's crazy. People stem themselves out to. Here's the story of how this person was gruesomely murdered, and here's all the psychotic things that happened leading up to it. And isn't that terrible? It's like, oh my god, yeah. Next one, like, no, what a terrible use of time. I've never listened to it, but I, my sisters talked about it at Christmas one time, and I almost felt like just like, you know, brotherly. I'm, I shouldn't even say this, but like, I was gonna like scare the crap out of them. <laughs> be like, I know one of those people. <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's a client of mine. I'm just kidding. I got love clients. No, yeah, uh, pick good podcasts, right? That's that's a really high filter. Podcasts, One of the challenges Harvard. to grow, right? Mm. One of the challenges to grow. Well, God, mode, win and win bigger. Share with your friends. Yes. Okay, next question. I don't or feel do like it. I have any high-value skills, equitable skill sets, so where do I start and what do I start with? So this was actually, uh, I felt like that at one point in my life too, probably like 10 or 12 years ago, and I read a book. It will come to me later on, but one of the uh, skill sets exercised in the book said, hey, email 20 to 25 people that you would believe would email you back and give you like true feedback. What am I good at? What do you think I'm, I'm valuable at? Wow. Um, skill sets, if you were to say, hey, check out this career business, right? And I was like, all right, what do I got to lose? So I did that. And out of the 25 people I, I, I emailed, I think seven of them responded with like really really true, impactful answers that changed the trajectory of my life. Damn. So I would say this is when you start to learn from the mirrors in your life. Oh, well said. Of, hey, the people who have observed you up to this point. Um, so if you have the ability, which you should, you're listening to this podcast, to use social media, to send a text message or email to 20, 25 people to be like, hey, um, this is where I'm at right now. I'm trying to figure out what I'm good at. If you could describe me, like, what are the top three attributes that you would say that shine in me? What do you think I'm, I'm really skillful at? Something like that to get inventory. That's interesting because people would be, they would have to be open to the feedback mm. in like a legit, and you would have to tell them. That's I realize very that may mean. right there. Yeah, be open to the feedback. I, it's like, <laughs> I realize that may mean that you, you may tell me something that about myself that I'm completely oblivious to. And it also may hurt. And I'm giving you the clearance here. Do that, please. It's yeah. okay. I don't know how many people are willing or prepared to do that. I think the most successful people in the world are, though. I think, well, you know, maybe not all of them, right? But I would say that there's certainly a high open traitness. Like, if you can take feedback from people and 
and be so ready to to be like, well, whatever it is, if you're like, you use this word too much. Yeah. That's a weird one. Like I was, oh, I don't know, I used to say bro a lot. And then somebody gave me that feedback. I used to say it a lot too. It's not a bad word, but I would like yeah. speech I dicks or something bro. like, yeah. <laughs> it, there would be, if somebody is willing to give you real feedback about you, wow. Well, well I'm assuming because this person asked us this question, right? that they're open to some kind of feedback. Yeah. And Brady and I don't know who you are, so it's not like we can give you direct feedback right now. So I'm gonna give you generalized feedback. Hey, use the people in your environment to, as you said, if you're open to this kind of feedback, if you're willing to accept some kind of information that maybe you've never heard before, that may hurt a little bit, right? I'll say a couple of the emails that I got back, I was like, oh. <laughs> like, that, that sucked. That little sigh, bro. That, yeah, there was a couple of emails. Oh. I, won't, I won't name you right now. You know who you are. Oh. Uh, but one of those emails, I was like, that that sucked. But yeah, so you have to be willing to take because the then feedback. you can fix it. Yeah. Oh my god, then you can fix it. I was super grateful for it too because I was like, oh, I didn't realize I was acting like that. <laughs> the person that can take honest feedback that can then fix it is a person that's going to go so freaking far. Yeah. And and in a kind of a parallel way. I like a like let's say a politician that can go. I have since changed my views on something because better information came across my oh, table, yeah. and I think that that is a trait of high evolutionary propensity. If I can say I have assessed the options and there's a better way, and I'm changing, I'm doing that now. That person has a higher probability of things going better for them, mm. and. They can take inventory of like everything around them and they be like, okay, I'm choosing better options instead of I've got this hamster wheel of decisions that I've been freaking doing forever and I'm not likely to change because I'm not willing to accept feedback. Hey, you do this thing. You don't see projects through yep. or you're not willing to uh, get along with people. You know, you suck at that or like you, you push people away and those are hard things to hear because then it's like, no, I don't. I can think of all the reasons why that's not the case, but the, it, you've given me like feedback that like pissed me off. And then they <laughs> ended up being the best thing ever. And it's like, you need to have people in your life that do that. Yeah. And you, but to your point again, you should be able to, if you can take it right, like how much yeah. do you want to, how much do you, <laughs> like how much do you desire to grow? So um, another skill set that we teach in upgrade is modeling. So if there's someone out there that you admire, right? Like when I was learning, uh, some skill sets in real estate. I would study Grant Cardone, uh, Cody Sperber, who's here in Arizona. I took his course and I was like, all right, these are successful people in real estate. Let me see if I can model their behaviors. So if you're trying to figure out what you're good at yet and you don't know what you're at, what do you want to do? Identify that. Is there someone in that field who's probably already better than you? I'm going to say yes, there's always someone better. Oh, yeah. Study them. You know, see if you can find information about that. What kind of path did they do? And see if you can begin to model successful attributes, download download them for yourself, and then reconfigure for yourself for make them your own. But then, yeah, modeling is a skill set that's super uh, helpful as well. That's huge. And it isn't like, tell me exactly the SOPs of your business. It's like, no, tell me how you operate your life. Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? So Lex Friedman had Jeff Bezos on. I don't know if you've ever listened to, like, Jeff Bezos for even 30 seconds. Um, I've only listened to one interview, actually. He doesn't do many. He doesn't do almost any yeah. of them, but you have him for two hours. And this is the dude of, like, Amazon, the yeah. Magnificent Seven, like, one of the greatest companies that's ever been made. So you listen to this guy for two hours, and he talks about his day. Lex has the greatest line of questioning. And he's like, well, what I like to do, he's like, I get up early. 
And he's like, I allow myself to wander, which oh, is he, fascinating. I did hear about that. Yeah. He's, he's like, got that puttering face. He's like, I putter in the morning. Yeah. I get my paper. I get my coffee. I'm not trying to throw myself into chaos. Now, I imagine when he was starting Amazon, I'm sure that was a lot of it's like, okay, guy with the $600 million yacht. I'm sure you do putter with your, but, but the idea, the principle is the same. You should allow yourself some, some wiggle room in the morning. So the point is, is look at successful people and, and see what the distribution of their ways that they spend their time is and pick the one that probably fits for you, but pick it out of that pile. Mm. Like how do those people run their lives? Do they go out late? Like I saw a montage on Instagram and it was like, it was LeBron and all of these like uh, athletes and actors. And it was just, I think you sent it to me, Gavin. And it was just like a ton of them where they're like, I don't go out and party. I don't go out and club. And people are like, oh, where are you at? Like, we're here. We're going to do this thing. He's like, I don't go out. I don't do this. I, I'm just so focused on that. There's a degree where you, you you need to let yourself live. Like, unless you want to be LeBron James and all you do is play basketball. But also, time. if that's what they love to do, because, and I'm so glad you brought up the Jeff Bezos thing. I'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. But to that point you just added with that, Alex Hermosi says something all the time. He's like, listen, I work all the time. And then I watch Netflix. And if you think that's unhealthy, compare to what, okay? People love dunking on Netflix. Yeah. We're watching The Warrior Nun. We freaking love that. But his main point was like, oh, if you think I need to get up in the morning, meditate, do a cold plunge, do whatever <laughs> journaling thing right away, I would love to compete against you. Because what I'm doing is I love to work. I love to do what it is that I love to do. And then my downtime is I watch Netflix. And if you're going to call that unhealthy, or if you think I need some kind of morning routine, he's like, I would love to compete against you. Now, where I'm going to bring that back to Jeff Bezos, this should also depend on the stage of your life of where you're at, of what kind of behavior would be best to model for where you're at. Good point. Because I did, I don't have a morning routine anymore. I actually follow Jeff Bezos where for me in the stage of life I'm at, I like the puttering in the morning. Brielle hates it because she has to do all these things. She's looking at me just like still sleeping in. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm rolling out of bed. I'm, I'm going to walk the dogs, get some coffee. And your boxers, bro. Yeah. You do. Your neighbors are not happy with you. I'm buying a house. It's gonna be private. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm in like the I heard Jeff Bezos saying and like puttering, and I was like, oh, that's kind of how I feel. But three years ago, I was the guy who got up at 5 a.m. who did meditate for 30 minutes to 45 minutes, journaled, co-plunged all that thing. But I had to develop that, install that into my unconscious mind, so my unconscious mind runs it in the program now because the disciplines uh. of those things really was to get me into the most emotional. Uh, excuse me, the most resourceful state I could be wow. and not be reactive, be proactive. So all those things led to a certain point that now my unconscious mind is resourceful for me so I can putter around. I can just putter around, just like Jeff Bezos can putter around and do whatever he wants because you got to the point. So it depends on the stage of your life too. So you had to lay that foundation of those morning routines so that it be. it's like, yeah, I actually can still do that. But now the resourcefulness that came as a result of doing that discipline regiment for so long, showing myself I can do it, I can now get those results without necessarily having to get up at 5 a.m. and do the meditation and the cold plunge. Yeah. So it's not a commentary and you shouldn't do that. Exactly. It's more of like what phase of your life are you in? Because it may require some tough choices and some sacrifices. You may need to get in freezing water at 5.55 in the morning. And you may need to suffer a little bit because maybe you've been playing games for too long. Yeah. Like maybe you haven't taken your life seriously. And so you have to shock your system. Like you go to the military, you go to the army or Navy, basic training. They will keep you awake for days because your body can actually do that, but it takes time. Mm. So you have to shock yourself 
into your going, you're doing uh, all kinds of crazy training, courses, shooting, uh, and then uh, they throw you in a room and they, they fill it with tear gas. I mean, it's brutal. And then you finally go to bed at like midnight. And then 2 a.m., they kick the lights on. They're hitting the barracks. Get up, get up, get up. And you're going from 2 a.m., and then you'll sleep at a weird hour, and they'll let you pass out at, like, 10 a.m. So yeah. why? And then you sleep for an hour. They're stretching your capacity because then over time, you can go for 72 hours or on a, you can be up for a week if you need to because you're in enemy territory, right? So that an extreme example is to illustrate you need to go through some shock to set a baseline and show yourself here's actually how amazing and resourceful you can be. Maybe you just haven't unlocked it yet, so here's some steps. Yeah. That's cool. Take one more? Yeah. Or two more? I don't yeah, know. Let's do one more. Cool. Dang. Wow. Let's go. What is a belief that you firmly believed your whole life but have recently changed your opinion on? Wow. Great question. I, at some point, accepted a belief about money, and I think I remember where it came from, and it came from a family member saying that, you know, the context was like, you, you know, you shouldn't make more money than your father. And as a child, having like Did someone a, say that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was like seven, eight. And when someone told me that, I accepted that suggestion. And so what happened is, and I learned this through Upgrade, was that over the course of my life, this belief governed how I was in the workplace. So anytime I would get close enough to like the earning threshold that I believe that my father was at, um, I would sabotage and I would like back myself away from it by robbing myself of opportunities or leaving a job or do whatever it was. And I didn't realize it was running that in the background, my belief about money. When I went through Upgrade and I was able to identify the moment when oh, I had this stupid belief, I got rid of it, I accepted it, I healed from it. And now I'm like, dude, I'm gonna, make, I'm gonna have a yacht. I'm gonna have all the things in the world mm. because I know I deserve that just on principle of accepting it. you know. And so that has been a really big change and it's made me like wake up with excitement to like work and build my business and grow with you guys. So, I mean, that's been revolutionary. Your belief in money, wherever you accepted that belief, whatever that number is in your head, you go, uh, Will's done this with us. He's like, what would the number in your account need to be for you to like freak out and go into beast mode and then work, 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 work? Like where, where's your extreme edge? And then also like when you imagine I'm happy, I'm content. Like, yeah, of course, $10 billion, but what would that number actually be if you were just like, if this number was in my account, I would feel comfortable. I would feel at peace. Yeah. But call it, call it like uh, $250,000, maybe because at some point you earned that in a corporate setting. Well, at some point that number became the benchmark without you realizing it, when in fact this money can ebb and flow. And so it's like, we, we do these weird little things, like we have labels or like we have watermarks maybe, like along like the last time I hit this, I was doing these things and contributing in these ways. And so I, I, that number, all those numbers can change. Everything can change. You can earn as much as you want. It's about how much value you're bringing into the world. And I accept that now. Before I give my answer, I wanna bring up something that was very key in what you said at the beginning. You accepted a suggestion. So most, I would say 99% of beliefs are just suggestions. Hmm. And you said it in the beginning, I accepted that suggestion, which turned into a belief, which played into the rest of the part of my life with actions, stuff like that. Behaviors, everything. So I think if someone can relabel or reframe it in their mind, what is a suggestion that I accepted at one time that is was, I thought, to be true, but is no longer true, instead of a belief, it's going to be much easier to change that belief because it's just a suggestion, right? And you at one point accepted a suggestion, just like I've accepted many suggestions, 
and we took them as the truth, a belief, whatever it is. We begin to get past that. That's when you realize that's where you have more control and power. Um, yeah. Something that I changed recently, I would say, was in my romantic relationship and also correlated to wanting to become a father much sooner. I read and I accepted a suggestion from Thinking Grow Rich Napoleon Hill that most people that he did the study, like most men weren't truly successful until they hit their age of 40. Right. You ever read Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill? I have the Audible. I downloaded it. Okay. So that, that, that's got to count. It's like buying a treadmill and sticking it in the living room, right? Of course. Right. Just get on there once <laughs> in a while. Hit, hit, hit the, the start button. <laughs> so people have read it in there. Napoleon talks about it. he was studying all these successful people, and he realized that many of them didn't hit their true stride until they were 40 or beyond that. And I think unconsciously, right, that I accepted that because I read that book when I was like 29 right, for the first time, and I was like, okay, next 10 years, I don't have to worry about love. Yeah, I got runway. I don't have to be a dad. I don't have to, I, don't, I shouldn't even really consider those things. I'm just going to focus on business because I know that I'm going to be successful, and then when I hit 40, I'll be tru uh, truly successful, and then that's when I'll have my family and my children. But I was creating for myself then an if-then, a dichotomy that I can only have love, only be a father, if I actually become successful by the time I'm 40. Whoa. So I was creating unconsciously in other areas of my life ways to not be successful in a romantic relationship. And if you look at my early 30s, I was not successful in most romantic relationships. I'm also still not a father. I don't have children yet. It's say, is this an announcement? Or? Nope, it's not an announcement. <laughs> Stop that right now. <laughs> um, but a lot of those things that we said, we accept those suggestions, then we play them out, the presuppositions and confirmation biases unconsciously. So for me, it was about two to three months ago, I really let it go. And then, you know, this past week, I've, you know, I've told you I've, I'm on the process of closing on a house, not going to count my chickens around a contract. The house is going to be awesome. House is amazing. But it's also a part of me. I never wanted to buy a residential home because to me, it meant like marriage, children. I'm not there yet. Ah, wow. Right? I fixed and flipped many of ha houses, but I've never actually purchased a home for myself because it was always like, hey, if you get a house, Put you should have a wife. Down, yeah, you should have well, kids. Wow. But there was always that if-then. So be careful of what beliefs you have that are tied that are creating dichotomies of only if-then. Give yourself the winner win bigger ones. You're not even going to see it then. It's just going to exist. And then underneath it, what's supporting it, the way it is connected into your, your background processes is that is is structured around that if then dichotomy that's wild yeah huh. and those ones are super sneaky this is why upgrade exists though because we consider upgrade a scanning device with all the questions that we have because it is hard to, sometimes to be when you're looking through the creator eyes like why am i doing this why am i doing this and what upgrade does is through the through the observer eyes give you a scanning device help me out yeah this has been that's why we're here awesome <laughs> like the question section. I do too. Uh, for everyone listening and watching, we're going to do these maybe every 10 episodes. Okay. So um, we'll create a place maybe on the Upgrade website or um, in the YouTube comments or wherever it is that you're well, finding People this. have been sending to support at uh, Upgrade.com so far with mm, the emails, but okay. let's kick it up with DMs and other ways yeah. too. We'll, yeah. We're going to aggregate them. We check all of our socials. We're very on top of you know response. So um, if you have a question and you would like to have it, Tossed around by the two of us, and we'll have Michael and 
uh, Will and Calvin, and we'll have guests, and we'll all Maybe they just put like comments and like yeah, know, YouTube, YouTube comments, well. Instagram, yeah, YouTube. anywhere. Yeah. yeah, toss them in there. We'll aggregate them and we'll uh, we'll chew on them because this went great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, we spit some fire. All right, y'all. Life is good and it gets better every day. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe. Send this to your mom. Thank you. Bye, everybody.